Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode. Um, so, I want to thank everybody that's been listening. Um, it's Hanukkah, I guess, today. So, the people that are Jewish or the people who celebrate Hanukkah, um, you know, happy Hanukkah to you. Um, so, Hanukkah is actually a very interesting tradition. It's actually written in the Bible that uh, Jesus would go out during Hanukkah, or as they called it, um, I think it was uh, the Festival of Lights or the Feast of Dedication, something like that. Um, but it's written in the Bible that he did go out during that time period. And it's very interesting because a lot of people reference that as a means to how we're supposed to celebrate everything. A lot of people will stigmize Christmas being a pagan holiday, and other people will stigmize Hanukkah being it's not part of the New Testament. Um, what I can say is that for everything that Jesus or Yeshua stood for is that we are all equal, and we're all under God. We're all sons of Christ and God. And As we get further into this, uh, it's going to lead somewhere, I promise, but as we look into um, Galatians uh, 3, 26 through 29, for in Christ Jesus you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is, neither, uh, there is no male and female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are all Christ's, then you are all Abraham's offspring, heirs according to promise. What does that mean? So as we look into Galatians in that aspect, he's talking about... Paul uh, wrote this, um, about the law and the promise. Um, and he's explaining um, human, uh, he's explaining p to people, uh, of human, like, giving human examples to people, and he says, even with man-made covenant, no one annuals it or adds to it once it has been ratified. Now the promises were made to Abraham and his offspring, it does not say, and to the offsprings, referring to many, but referring to one and to your offspring, who is Christ. That is what I mean. The law which came 430 years afterward does not an, uh, annul a covenant previously ratified by God. So as to make prom uh, make so as to make the promise void. For if inheritance comes by the by the law, it no longer comes by promise, but God gave it to Abraham by a promise. And as we ref reflect, that goes all the way back to um, 
that goes all the way back to Genesis, you know, um, right after the flood. And so when we look into that and everything, um, basically Paul is trying to explain, you know, that even though that there's people that aren't Jew, it doesn't mean that they are void to God's promise. And he's trying to explain that he uh, it does not, um, and it does not say, and to the offspring is referring to many, but referring to one, and to your offspring, who is Christ. Now, as we go through this, if you go through the timeline, and you go through the... Now, this is very important, but it's very hard to follow. If you go through Genesis, and you actually go through the timelines, and you actually see all the different offspring, and the, the family trees that they mentioned, going from Adam and Eve, and then it goes to Enoch, you know, goes into like Cain and Abel, goes to Seth, it goes to Enoch, it goes to... Noah, it goes to, you know, um, Abraham, all these people, I'm not going to say everybody in the Bible, but all these people that the lineage was going down to, even through Ruth, and going furthermore, it goes into the lineage of Christ, so the lineage of Yeshua, um, and what that basically uh, stands for is that once the Messiah comes, he comes to separate, to fulfill the law. So, basically, God is basically like, how do I put it? He's looking at these people. You know, he makes Adam and Eve, and then the sin happens. As he's going through down the time periods, he's seeing, you know, he, he's seeing everybody falling to sin. You know, so he creates the flood, but he sees Noah, and he's like, Noah's a good dude. I'm going to let him and his family survive, and we'll restart, and we'll try it over again. And as it continues, you know, it goes into Abraham. And then Abraham was given a promise land, you know. And as it goes in to that, furthermore, um, when it goes to Exodus, that is when he uh, appoints Moses to be the basically the big um deliverer for the for the hebrew people um so he goes into um he goes into uh egypt to you know get them out of there and give into the laws um and then eventually lead uh into um a war that joshua takes over after Abraham di um, after Moses dies and Joshua goes over into uh, uh, Canaan and uh, as he goes in there you know they're taking it over but God says don't think that this is because you are good it's because they are evil so So, um, when we go back into Galatians, he's explaining that the promise was there 
for everybody. But it wasn't until the Messiah comes that the promise gets, like, pushed forward. It gets pushed to everybody else. So, then people ask, why then the law? So, why are we following laws and all these things from God if, you know, we don't need to? You know, I see a lot of people will say, um, I don't need to follow the law because I'm saved by grace. Well, that's not meaning you should go out and kill people. So, why the law? As it continues in Galatians, it says, It was added because of transgressions. Until the offspring should come to whom the promise had been made, and it was put into place through angels by an intermediary. Now an intermediary implies more than one, but God is one. So this is a very clear point in the Bible that explains what Job went through. Now Job, he says there's no mediator between God and him. So, how is he supposed to answer for these things? You know, how is he supposed to understand? You know, how is he supposed to beg, you know, for God for forgiveness? Because God's not speaking to him. And Job was getting frustrated, but he didn't know because, you know, he's like, I didn't do anything wrong. And everybody else is telling him, you did do something wrong. And then God goes over and then he finally answers him. And he says, you don't understand the ways of me, because you are not me, you know? He, and these aren't, I'm paraphrasing, but he's basically explaining to, um, to Job why these things occurred. But Job, as it said, he needed, like, there's no mediator between God and him. And this is where Jesus came in. Yeshua came into place to be between mankind and God. So... Jesus can be that figure that we go to so he can, you know, go to his Father. But God is one. So what he's, what um, Paul is explaining is God is one being. He is one being, monotheistic. There's no three people. There's no, you know, things like that. He's saying that God is one. But the, now the... Basically, they were waiting. God was waiting for an intermediary to come into place <clears throat> of which his offspring could go to him. <clears throat> so, is the laws contrary to the promises of God? So, this is where Paul says, certainly not. <clears throat> for if a law had been given... Um, that could give life, then righteousness would indeed be by the law. But scripture imprisoned everything under sin, so that the promise in faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. So, one thing about the Christian God. <clears throat> now, we can go into many different ones. We have um, the Mesopotamian faith. A lot of people even consider God, Yahweh, uh, you know, um, Yehovah, Jehovah, whichever way you want to say it. 
um, they consider him to be a Canaanite god. But if you actually look at the Canaanite gods, and you actually read the Bible, God is not of Canaan. The Canaanites are completely different in their faith than our God. So make no mistake, I've seen a Wiccan, um, a Wiccan person try to convince everybody that our God is Canaanite, and it's not. Because can, uh, the Canaanites had a deity that was said to be the... Um, had a deity that was supposed to be the wife of God named Asherah. And we see that in there called the Asherah Poles. And God <clears throat> tells his people to destroy them. In fact, all the Canaanite gods, like Baal and those people, they were saying, don't follow Baal, don't follow Molech. Yet, our God is of Canaanite origin? How does that how, how does that work? How can you follow one god and then say, but our god is telling us to kill these people even though they believe the same god that we do? Doesn't make sense. So, make no mistake, at that point there was so much evil in the world that God put laws on the people. And that doesn't mean we don't deny the laws, and that doesn't mean we were lawless. We still follow law. We still follow what God wanted. He was given us laws to resist sin, to stop sinning. That's basically what he was trying to do. He's like, so here are the Ten Commandments, and then on top of that, here are like all these like little minor laws that are coming in between it and all that and but the Ten Commandments are basically the top ten that you need to follow so you do not fall under sin. So, and as we continue to basically the, the last part of, you know, the Galatians, now before faith came we were held captive under under the law, imprisoned until coming faith would be revealed. So then the law was our guardian until Christ came. In order that we might be justified by faith, but now faith has come and we are no longer under guardian. For in Christ Jesus we are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you were baptized and put onto Christ, there is neither... Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is no male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus, and if you are all Christ's, then you are all Abraham's offspring, heirs to the promise, and then we go back to Genesis with that. So, it's a big thing to consider, but when we also look into a lot of Paul's letters, and this is what you need to understand, is that a lot of people say, well, I'm saved by grace, and I don't need to follow the law, I can do whatever I want. The same people that are saying this are also condemning other people for doing things that are against God's law. So how can you say, I'm saved by grace, <coughs> and um, 
you know, I'm good, and I don't need to follow God's law because I'm saved, and then ridicule other people for not following the law. You're basically saying, I'm, I don't need to follow the law, I'm good, I can do whatever I want, but they can't because, you know, they're doing things that God didn't want to do. You're being a hypocrite. <clears throat> One thing that Jesus did say in Mark... 7, 3, verse, uh, 3 through 9. For the Pharisees and all the Jews did not eat unless they washed their hands, holding to tradition of the elders. And when they come from the marketplace, they do not wa um, eat unless they wash. And there are many other traditions that they observe, such as washing of cups and pots and copper vessels and dining cr uh, couches. And the Pharisees and scribes asked him, Why do your disciples not walk according to the tradition of the elders, but eat w with defiled hands? And he said to them, Well, did, I, did Isaiah's prophecy of you, hip, of you hypocrites, as it is written, This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines and commandments of men. So, and he said, on to, uh, said to them, You have a fine way of rejecting the commandment of God in order to establish your own tradition. For Moses said, Honor your mother, honor your father and your mother, and whoever reviles the father or mother must surely die. But you say, if a man tells his father or mother, whatever you would have gained from me is Corban, um, that is given to God, then you are no longer, then you no longer permit him to do anything for his father or mother, thus making void the word of God by your tradition that you have handed down, and many such things that you do. Then we continue, we go, what defiles a person? And he called the people to him again and said to them, Hear me, all of you, and understand, there is nothing outside of a person that by going into him can defile him, but the things that come out of a person are what defile him. Now I want you to listen to that very carefully. There is nothing outside a person that by, that by going into him can defile him. But the things that come out of a person are what defile him. Very interesting. What comes out of a person can defile him. But what goes in doesn't. And when he has entered the house and he left the people, his disciples asked him about the parable. And he said to them, Then you are also without understanding? Do you not see whatever goes into a person from the outside cannot defile him? Since it enters not his heart but his stomach, it is expelled. Thus he declares all foods clean. And he said, whatever comes out of a person is what defiles him. For from within, out of, our, out of the heart of man, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, and adultery 
coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensual, uh, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. All these are evil things come from within and defile the person. The laws <coughs> that were in there are perfectly like good examples of certain things that we were meant to do to not defile ourselves in those specific ways. However, as we go into Paul's accord, where he's saying, now that Jesus has come and he has made things anew, we can go through him. This is basically like to summarize what Paul's letters are about. And that we can go through Jesus and follow his commandments and his testament to go forward. Jesus also said, I never came to destroy the law. I came to fulfill it. So, now that he's there, the law is complete. The law is basically what we had as an example as him. And as we go forward, um, we go into God's righteous judgment and... Um, So as we go into it, he says he will render, this is uh, in Romans 2 verse 6, he will render to each one according to his works. To those who by patience are well-doing, seek for glory and honor and um, immortality, he will give eternal life. But for those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, there will be wrath and fury. There will be tribulation. There will be distress for every human being who does evil. The Jew first and also the Greek. But glory and honor and peace for everyone who does good. The Jew first and also the Greek. God shows no partiality. As it continues into the judgment and the law. For all those who have sinned without the law will also perish without the law. And for those who have sinned under the law will be judged by the law. For it is not the hearers of the law who are righteous before God, but the doers of the law who will be justified. For when Gentiles who do not have the law, by nature do the law what do the law requires. They are a law to themselves even though they do not have the law. They show that the work of the law is written on their hearts, while their conscience also bears witness, for their conflicting thoughts accuse or even excuse them. On that day when, according to, the, to, my, according to my gospel, God judges the secrets of men by Christ Jesus. But if you call yourself a Jew and rely on the law and boast in God, then you will and know his will and approve what is excellent because you are instructed from the law. And if you are sure that you yourself are a guide to the blind, a light of those who are in the darkness, an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of children, having the law embodied... 
of knowledge and truth, then you who teach others do not teach yourself. Why, while you preach against stealing, do you steal? You uh, who say that one must not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? You who auber idols, do you rob temples? You who boast in law, dishonor um, God by breaking the law? For it is written in the name of God is bla uh, blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. So, when we go into this and we start looking into the law and we start looking into this, Paul is saying that the Greeks... Um, you know, the Romans, basically everybody that was in, you know, that's a Gentile, doesn't have the law written, uh, has the law written on their hearts, because they were never given the law to follow. The Jews were. And if you are considering yourself a Jew, then you know the law, you must abide by the law, and you have to follow it exactly. You can't preach and say something is a sin if you go out and do it anyway. By that manner, what I'm trying to explain is... By that manner, what I'm trying to explain is, is that if you are following God's laws and you are a Gentile, you're trying to keep what Christ has taught us written in your heart by embodying and being an embodiment of his example. We will never come close to what he could do. We will never be as good as he was. But we can try to be the best we can. So... At the, the cast of all this, God is for everyone. God loves everybody. The Messiah, Yeshua, Christ Jesus, he didn't come for just the Jewish people. He came for everybody to give an example so that when we further go into stuff, when we further experience our life, we go through faith and we get saved by Jesus in that way. And once we get saved, we have to have those laws written on our hearts because we know what's good and what's wrong. We have to do our best to try to abstain from evil. Don't confuse you don't have to follow the law versus you have to have the law written with you. In other words, you need to do what's righteous. You need to do what God wants. And if you don't, you will be held to it. But as Jesus said to the Pharisees, the elders and among the religious communities, you are hypocrites because they have done things that benefited themselves over benefiting God. And that's what it all comes down to. So, for those people that are listening, thank you for listening. Um, you can go on my website, 
Uh, I'll have blog posts and stuff on there. Um, you can, um, you know, feel free to email me, ministermartyr at gmail.com. Any questions, co concerns, comments that you want to leave, feel free. Um, and you can follow me on Twitter. And I usually put my uh, podcasts out um, consistently on there every week. So feel free. Aside from that, I'd like to thank um, One for Israel for partnering with me. Um, and I'd like to uh, congratulate, you know, everybody who is coming into Christ. And for those of you who got a message out of this and want to take the sinner's prayer, you can feel free to um, go into episodes, find the sinner's prayer, recite it, and uh, welcome God into your heart. Um, get baptized after, and what you need to do from then forward is just live for Christ. God bless you all, and have a great weekend.